0: Ben Moore has been in love with bees for as long as anyone can remember. And as far as we can tell, the feeling is entirely mutual. Although, he still sometimes feels the sting of his passion. Hang around, learn a little. It's as sweet as honey and always a buzz. It's the ultimate pollinator's podcast with Ben, his friends and associates,
1: and of course, Ben's Bees. Hey everyone, Bees with Ben. Hopefully everyone's doing well. We've got spring around the corner. It's been pretty nippy down my neck of the woods, outskirts of Melbourne and my bees there. Yeah, I've got a lot through the uh, Yarra Yarra Valley ranges through there and it's been rather nippy but you know what, spring's around the corner so looking forward to that. The crazy season, so I'll get a few more episodes and i just got to stop it for a little while, a couple of months, these podcasts, so it gets too, too crazy. I'm just looking after my bees, helping people with bees, it gets pretty manic for me, so but don't, I won't. Uh, as I said, we'll do a few more and then, uh, and then Christmas time I'll get back into it because during Christmas time, that's when I talk to some people overseas because that's the downtime with beekeepers because, uh, over in the northern hemisphere. Now, got an awesome episode on this week. I've got Dr. Trong Tran, he's from the University of the Sunshine Coast, and we're talking about Propolis. Now, I was lucky enough to meet Trong at the Sydney conference, and that was really cool. Very interesting research. He's like the leading the way research with propolis. Now, now what propolis is? It's obviously it's a resin that bees collect and use within the hives. Now, there's been a lot of research, obviously, using it for humans, as far as you know, sort of these. Um, Antioxidant qualities and all these amazing things that has it has, but also in the beehives because there's a lot of research has done where if you've got lots of propolis in a hive, it helps the beehive's health. There's some science where that helps with prevention of foul broods, chalk broods, and it's an incredible thing. Um, I don't have this photo, I never actually took it, but I had a this is years and years and years ago, I had a Mouse made its way into a beehive, must have died of whatever causes. I'm not necessarily stung to death because, you know, during winter time, you know, obviously the box is nice and warm and the bee, the uh, mouse has gone in there. Now, sometimes the, the bees go, you know, obviously, center around a cluster. Anyway, this mouse had died. And what had happened was fascinating, actually. And it actually was embalmed in this propolis. And that's what bees do. You know, they use it as like this health, this this... Uh, awesome magical ingredient um so yeah that was fascinating and their research of propolis is absolutely incredible so i'm looking forward to this episode uh hopefully enjoy it and um yeah absolutely incredible stuff and i want to say a big shout out to dr chong tran for being on this podcast
0: thanks ben uh, for inviting me to this podcast um yeah as you know like my my english is not as native. Because, like, uh, I'm originally from Vietnam. So I came here to study master and BSD back to 14 years ago in Rupert University. Okay. So we started, um, at the beginning, I started um, uh, with the areas we call natural product drug discovery. So basically, we're trying to find some bioactive compounds in nature, in natural sources. So what I did in my master and PhD project before, trying to find uh, anti-cancer compounds from marine organisms. Um, yes, and mainly focused on um, prostate cancer, anti-prostate cancer.
1: Interesting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so you at the time, Trong, you were specializing in in marine uh, wildlife. Yes. Okay, and, and what what sort of creatures? What had these special compounds, anti cancer compounds?
0: Oh, there, 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 there were various, like um, some small, some other quite big, like small peptide, quite big molecule as well, and basically that's just uh, the truly scientific project, you know, like for BSD research. And even um, I discovered the compounds and I showed they have very strong anti-cancer activities. Um, but the outcome should, the, the outcome just was the publication, the scientific papers only. That's kind of academic research. Um, but that's good for PhD students as well because we need to publish the data so that we can um, finalize our report and thesis and then graduate. Um, and that, and that is the opportunity for me to obtain another fellowship after my BSD study. I did a postdoc in America and follow up with anti-cancer drug discovery as well. Um, so basically, I think six years during my master PhD and another two years for my um, postdoc research, I did mainly in anti-cancer drug discovery. Um, but since I started to University of the Science here in Queensland, uh I'm more involved in um discover bioactive compounds in another source and um, switch to another bioactivity activities rather than cancer because we focus on agriculture. Uh, so um and because like uh, for drug discovery that's a long, long journey. You identify the compound, you show the activity, but you need pharmaceutical companies invest the, the money to develop some clinical research and to make sure that that's there for human use before you launch the product as the drugs in the market. But if we switch to um, agricultural research, the process will be faster. All right, you start it with some materials you already know that. They're safe for human use. And now the thing is, we will um, try to understand about the chemistry and the therapeutic values um, so that we can make the material, the raw materials become the product. And the process might be save a lot of time. And you can see products launch to the market very quick. And that is one of the reasons my research suite to agriculture and I started
1: with the propolis research. Interesting, yeah. It's it's so fascinating because when we look at you know things, obviously, how our bodies, our health, you know, anti-cancer compounds and things, often most often are not nature's the the key, in it. And you just mentioned mm-hmm. mentioned propolis, strong. So so yes. so talk us through that. So with uh, how long you've been researching the compounds of propolis for?
0: Um, this I think it's nearly three years now three for years, the propolis. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: actually, I didn't start it with honeybee propolis at the beginning. I came here uh, at University of the Central Coast. I started with native stingless bee propolis. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah. So one of the academics here, I think is you you might know him is um, Dr. Peter Brooks. Yes, yes he's, yeah, yeah. He his many works for the analysis of manuka honey about activist about the manuka honey. And he's got a lot of network with beekeepers. And, and also both in honey bees and single mm um, beekeepers. And some of beekeepers here and they, they came to knock the door and they asked, okay we using native only properly. and we found that the most traditional people here they 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 use for wood building. So as a chemist, can you answer what is chemicals? Yeah. Um. So the program he ran before before I came to university, since I and he mainly was we focused and we know that there there was a mixture that showed the activity, but we couldn't show what is exactly the compound there. So I, I came here and then he took that, projected me and he told me that, okay, now your your drug discovery, so this is your expertise so try to help us with this one. And finally, I found one compound identified from native species, okay. okay? Okay, and okay. yeah, and that, that shows the activity Wound healing activities, it can help to to um to improve the scar. So it actually it has anti-scarring activity. Let's continue with that, and then I switch to the propolis research, and then Peter introduced me with um the honeybee propolis. He kicked that. He told me, look, like, honeybee propolis. Nobody care about that one. If you can help to find out the activities, we might um, build up another research and beekeepers can get more income from the other source. Um, that is why I started, so three years ago now.
1: Wow, that's interesting. And, and it's interesting you talk about propolis because I have on all my... No, I wouldn't say every single one, but nearly over 90% of my hives... I have propolis mats and I actually sell the raw propolis. And it's a great, as you just said, Chong, it's a great add on to, for beekeepers. So, so you oh. mentioned, so last three years you've been researching because yep. I know some really, uh, I'm not sure the, the potency, the, the, the beneficial qualities out of propolis from the red propolis from Brazil. So, so talk us through you know, what makes good propolis and what makes bad propolis.
0: Okay, propolis basically as you know, is the materials be mixed between plant resins with b wax, so the major components in propolis contain beeswax wax and also some compounds in plant resins. but the bioactive compounds mainly from the resin, and the resins um this could be contain uh, it could be um polyphenolic compounds there and also it could be terpenoid compounds there. Okay. I and um, I, I did literature research a few years ago when I started this area and I found that most premium propolis in the world, they they based on the level of polyphenolic compounds rather than terpenoid compounds. Okay. All right. Um, and it's very diverse actually. Even in Europe or even in Brazil, where they started the propolis research, like back to a few decades ago, um, they, they classify which ones belong to terpenoid class. And they mainly, because they know the activity, but they, they're not commercialized, um, as high as the polyphenolic compounds class. So back to our research here. So we also do apply that method. We classify which one contains more polyphenolic compounds. We consider that is valuable to to develop further. Which one contains terpenoid class compounds? There, we we stop at at this time. We don't discover more. Okay. Um, yeah, because um, we know that polyphenolic compounds has a lot of our activities, mainly is because it shows very potent antioxidant activity. Um, The antioxidant activity will help to boost your immunity, your immune system, your body, and then help you to protect against um, another infectious disease and even cancer or the other chronic disease. Dietic or
1: neurodegenerative, or disease as well. That's fascinating. So, so what would be the yeah. best way for humans for us to consume propolis? Is there one way that's better than another? There's obviously there's heat affect It talk us through that, please, John.
0: Yes, a good way to consume the propolis is like a, if you use the raw propolis. I saw some people make the tincture. Yes. But the thing is you need to keep that tincture like I said exposed to light and also the heat. So better to keep that tincture in cold and dark conditions. Um that is the easiest way to to consume properly. Um if you got if you like you have the pure Materials like pure resin, they already extracted, they make like a powder something. You can mix with like some drinks, water to drink it. People also making some tubs uh, like capsule or tablet, you can take it every day. And yeah, it's hard to tell as long as you what you digest is polyphenolic compounds. All right, um, so. Um, you can contact them in different forms as you like,
1: okay, and what about the quantity? Is there a certain quantity that we should have or should not have for that matter? Can we have too much problems? I
0: cannot tell exactly the same, but I just tell you what I read in the literature right um because if we just Apply that to Australian propolis. It's hard. Maybe I, I would tell the wrong information because it's under study at the moment. But, um, yeah, because like the resin in Australia, they're absolutely different with resins in other uh, places in the world. But, um, for example, the ring, um, the Brazilian ring propolis, I, um, I read literature. People can use like up to 500 milligram per day as the tablet. Um, Yes. So one research, just um, talking about um, another case like for the treatment, because like last year or the year before, um, some people, they apply properly to assist with the treatment for the COVID patient in Brazil and also in America. They do research and they apply like one thousand five hundred milligrams green propolis per day, to like to help um, patients have the COVID improve their immune system.
1: Wow! So, and it actually yeah. scientifically proved to help um, COVID having these, this this big dose of propolis.
0: Yeah, propolis cannot use as a directly treatment. It just help your um, your body. It's like a kind of a chunk um, a treatment combined with the art is um, antivirus. No, I'm talking about the COVID treatment. <laughs>
1: yeah, of course. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fascinating. So basically 500 milligrams of um, Brazilian green propolis is there to use every day. But for the treatment, they need to increase three times a day.
1: Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: And but I should not I should notice again. That information cannot apply for our broccoli. We need more research. And I, I'm a chemist, so um, I don't know exactly because it will affect the toxicity and also the other side effects if it happens, if we digest more. Um, so broccoli is not a food. We should consider it as uh, maybe functional food, or something related to um, the medical product, rather than the daily food.
1: Interesting. So, so when you mentioned about the the green propolis and the red propolis out of Brazil, is that mm. and compared to Australian propolis, is that because the propolis in Australia doesn't have enough research as yet? Are we still doing lots yes. of more research? Okay, fascinating. Okay,
0: that's correct. Yes. So I, um, when I started in this area, I got contacted with um, some professor in Brazil, and one of that professor is old now, and he told me that you're now in the journey that I stepped on 30 years ago, when we started the propolis research in Brazil. So that means propolis industry in Brazil they develop three decades now. 30 years. And we are still very new. So we don't understand much about um, our propolis type and what is the chemistry in each propolis. So that still has a long journey to go. Um, Brazilian propolis, they originally found the green propolis first. And now they've got the method to uh, produce more propolis per hive and to process it, and they understand the chemistry, and then they understand the um, biological activity, and then marketing. We don't have much information in Australia. They're quite still under study
1: now. Oh wow, and you're, and you're yourself doing all that study, Trong, on Propolis in Australia?
0: <laughs> uh, I cannot say it myself. I just started three years now, and I found very interesting, and i want going to follow up with that. But like you um, I think you you attended in the big conference last month. Like um, I cannot do alone. I need someone to work. And the more um we're doing research on the properly the like the faster we can um, help industry to develop. So that is why um I hope that people will focus on propolis like honey 10 or 20 years ago so that we understand and then we can build up the propolis industry quicker. And I don't know if you know, like a few weeks, uh, no, a few days ago, last week, I think, um, Western Australia, they also started the propolis collection and they will do the research in the future soon.
1: Wow, interesting times ahead. That's incredible. Now, just yes. uh, you mentioned before about you know using a tincture and keeping out of the light, um, and using that uh, tincture. What about using propolis, um, obviously as a wound healer, like topically on your skin? Is that something that can be done as well?
0: Yes, we can do it. One of the feedback from the beekeepers um, I've got. Last year, she sent a sample for me to test her, her propolis. Like she, she says, um, um, our farmers here use this type of propolis for um, animal wounds. And we see that effect. So can you please test to see whether it has um, mm-hmm. high level of polyphenolic compounds or the other type of compounds. And it show up her sample was very high polyphenolic content in there. One of the best samples. And um, so that indicates that it works. It works in clinical as well. On human, people already use it and they show the activity. So what we need to do now is trying to link that activity to the chemical composition. What is the chemical or what are the chemicals present in that type of show the wound healing activity. Again, not all propolis have the same biological activity. You can see some propolis has very strong antimicrobial activities but very low um, anti-inflammatory activity. And some propolis have very strong wound healing activities, but has very low, uh, for example, anti-cancer or anti-diabetic activities. And again, all affected by the chemical
1: composition. Wow, that's amazing. So much um incredible. You know, nature is in these little bees are so amazing. And what about the actual plants? You know, where this propolis is coming from. What 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 do we know there, Trong, as far as is there one plant that's possibly better than another? Um, talk us through that.
0: Yes. So it should be um, the future research we should focus on that area. We try and we should find the plant source, the plant uh, which produce the good resin for the bees to build up propolis. Um, at the moment, I I just finished one research for Queensland propolis, one type of Queensland propolis, and that is the premium type. And we found that that propolis quite close to the propolis they found in Taiwan and also Japan. Okay. And other um islands in Pacific region. Um and we think we have that plant in Queensland. Um, but I need to prove by some more scientific data. But it's likely we know that it's the plants produces good reason for the um but the other place still haven't done this yet because like uh, it's very early and um I need more funding, actually, to run that research. But that is the future. We need to find out what is the good plant, what is the good resin. For example, like exactly the same with manuka honey. They know that leptospurum is a good plant to produce good manuka
1: honey. Yeah, wow, that's absolutely fascinating. This research is uh, incredible that you're doing Strong, absolutely amazing, and so last question: Where where do you see maybe in the future? You know what what do you hope to achieve with all this research that you're doing in regards to Propolis?
0: Um. Yes. So at the moment, um, my research so far uh, within two years, and this year I already submitted on the research in the scientific journal and still in the peer reviews, waiting for the feedback from reviewers. Hopefully when that paper is published, I can share to the other beekeepers and also the other companies. And I hope that um, we will have the good feedback from beekeepers and industry because without the beekeepers and industry support, we cannot run the research longer. Um, we want to listen to um, what should we do in the future to support the industry. Um, because there are also some disadvantages at the moment, like um, we need to convince beekeepers that we, Australia, have the premium prop- propolis and we should focus on that. Um, the cost of collecting propolis might be Um, more expensive than honey and also um, that is the wine that limits people collect the the propolis material. Um, Industry also need to be involved in this whole picture because they will find out how to commercialize the product to get more um, profit for the industry and also the beekeepers. Uh, if we cannot work collaboratively like that way, um, as the researchers, I, I cannot uh, help much to this industry in the long term. Actually.
1: Well, well, let's ho- hopefully you get some funding and some some help because that's absolutely incredible research that you're doing, Trong. And uh, I just like to yes. say, thank you so much for your time, and uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll keep in touch and. Uh, We'll talk again soon in the not-too-distant future and, and hear what are the fascinating things that you've found, you know, the secrets of uh, Propolis. So thank you so much for your time.
0: Okay, thanks, Ben. Thanks very, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk about my research, right? And hopefully um, you will have some audience, like uh, in the future, they're interested to Propolis size and then they will contact uh, you or myself. Um, and discuss about more propolis
1: research. Certainly will. Fantastic. Thank you so much once again, Chong. And uh, all thanks, the best ben. And we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much.
0: Okay,
1: thanks, Ben. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks. How fascinating is that? You know, doing such amazing research, Chong, is absolutely incredible. So keeping up the great work because propolis is... You know, we obviously we hear about you know the benefits of uh, manuka honey and the oxal, the MGO that's in it, but these you know talking about these polyphenols and all these amazing things of propolis, uh, these compounds in there, absolutely fascinating stuff. So thank you once again, Chong. Uh, um, don't forget, if you want to hear a subject or something, let me know. Uh, shoot me through a text message: zero four three seven zero triple seven nine two and uh you know subject something you may want to hear or let me know or a beekeeper i'll find someone um and do talk about it that because that's that's what i love about this podcast is actually you know sharing the knowledge and and all these fascinating things that's happening about these wonderful honeybees so till next time don't forget take care of yourself take care of each other and take care of those bees bye for now